Rachel is giving us entirely the credit for uh, Hawkins and Ryder winning the tag titles. Off that's, of the revival. That's She thinks we did that. No, okay. I talked <laughs> to a couple people this weekend. I was like, I was joking around with somebody and I was like, I feel like that was us. And they were like, oh no, it definitely was. It was not us. It was not us. Hello and welcome to WrestleSplania, the podcast where I, Kath Barbadoro, a wrestling fan, introduce the wonderful world of professional wrestling to my friend Rachel Millman. Hi. Hi. Oh, I sounded gnarly on that high. We both have <laughs> extremely screamed out voices today uh, because this is our WrestleMania weekend wrap up episode. Oh my God, we survived another one. We did it. I feel like I need to impress upon people like we sound like this right now. We're recording this Wednesday night. Like we had this wasn't like right afterward. Uh, this is like days later and we are still fucked up. I would like to say that I would probably be 100 percent if I had not followed up with Raw and Smackdown. Yeah. So the premise of this podcast is I'm teaching Rachel about wrestling, <laughs> but she went to nine, nine shows. Battle Club Pro, um, DDT, DDT uh, AIW. Um, why can't I spit anything out of my brain anymore? Because Joey uh, Janela hit you with a chair. That's true. Because Joey <laughs> we'll Janela hit you with a chair. Uh, Battle Club Pro, uh, DDT, AIW, Rev Pro, um, Joey Ryan, Joey Ryan, Orange Cassidy, Orange Cassidy, MSG, MSG. I'm going to count the Gay Young Classic. The Gay Young Classic. Then we hosted our own event for like 10 hours. Yep. Splania Mania. For all of WrestleMania, we were at a bar uh, commentating. It was a lot of fun. Um, And then former guest, probably future guest, absolute friend of the show and person I now owe for life, uh, LaToya Ferguson, uh, she had uh, free tickets to both Raw and SmackDown and uh, let me come with her yeah so Rachel did like basically as many things as you could possibly do I'm a very very proud teacher but (laughs) I I also need to learn how to chill out yeah I cannot keep up with that shit like I was done I like we're we're, so this episode is ostensibly going to be about uh Wrestlemania obviously the biggest event of the year for the grandest stage of them all the grandest stage of them all the showcase of the immortals both items on our bingo cards at Splania Mania oh I should pull out our bingo cards huh (laughs) yeah um it was really long and uh I feel like I watched so much wrestling this week that like a lot of it it kind of just went in my brain and then out my brain again, probably because immediately after I watched it, uh, Joey Janela hit me with a chair, <laughs> but we, we had a great time. We do want to, before we get into it, talk a little bit about the event just cause it was so much fun. And like, thank you guys so much. If any of you came, we met a bunch of listeners, uh, we met so many listeners this just this weekend in general like I've probably like shook hands and hugged like over 100 people and it was amazing if any of you have measles and give me the measles breakout that's happening right now <laughs> I need you to up your pledge yeah please <laughs> that's the only time I will ever I will say something like that we don't have good health insurance like please help <laughs> us out don't give us measles so I googled the measles thing today and it's mostly Hasidic communities okay so I did not see any Hasidic people at. I, I wonder if they're allowed to watch wrestling. Um, it depends on what, what like sect you are. Yeah, it definitely depends. I mean, like they all, everyone like sort of cheats on their religion, right? That's I'm not true, saying I'm not saying that like specific New York City based Hasidic communities cheat at. You're gonna. Jewish. This is gonna get cut cut out of context, and people are gonna yell at you. No, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but like I didn't know if it was because it's a lot of people in various states of undress and it's violence, so. Hasidic Jewish listeners, let us know. Um, oh, they probably watch New Japan because it's no women. Mm, that's tea. <laughs> As we, we both take sips of tea. Because we our voices are fucking shit. How many cups of tea have you had today? Um, this will be my third or fourth. Yeah, this again, is my fourth. <laughs> again, this is Wednesday. Like we are halfway through the next week and I'm still like I'm still fucked up. Like this weekend was so much fun. It was so crazy. The event was amazing. Splania Mania ruled. Um, Yeah, we played bingo. We had a bunch of like really funny bingo squares that our friend Val helped us come up with. Shout out to Val. Shout out to Val. Uh, Val was there selling Daryl clothes at Daryl Apparel, which were awesome. And Um, Flighty Butt Lass. Is that how you say it? I think so. I was selling keychains and pins. And I have to say that like 
I did not go wild on merch this year. The most money I spent at anyone's table was Flighty's. Nice. Because there was Good a job. three for 30 uh, deal on uh, the enamel pins there, and they were lovely. Yeah, and they both have Etsy stores, so check those out. Yeah, um, really good. But yeah, it was super fun. Um, a bunch of a bunch of indie wrestlers came, and we were like really stoked on that. Um, a couple of them jumped on commentary, which was really fun. That was really fun. So yeah, we had a uh, former guest of the show, Solo Darling, and Willow Nightingale got on for a little bit. Yep. Uh, Weird Body got on for a little bit. Chris Dickinson and Joey Janela got on for a little bit. They did like most of the Dave Batista Triple H match, which was very fun. Which was also like, I'm going to say that that was men doing emotional labor that they didn't make me sit through that. Yeah. They're yeah, yeah. woke now is I what I'm saying. I really appreciated that. <laughs> it was also just funny because like we we set up this thing. So it's like this big bar and, and there was, we had like a little commentary station and like the Street Fight Radio guys were there. Um, we had some of our comedian friends come, David Twitey and Lauren Vino, and they were doing commentary. But uh, I and and we'd asked some wrestlers, and nobody really committed to it. Um, but then we all got there, and I think wrestlers are just a lot like comedians, where it's like, oh, there's an opportunity for me to get attention here. Exactly. And so then they started jumping on the mic, and yeah, it was yeah, yeah. very fun. <laughs> yeah, I, I had to basically Willow and Solo had to be very drunk to do it, and like I, if they hadn't done it, I would have treasured their presence there no matter what but the fact that they did was like very cool of them yeah um and uh did you know did you know that notice that uh one half of weird world alex keller took a nap i did (laughs) that i feel like that i love you alex alex i love you so much he stayed on my couch the night before he's the best he's (laughs) alex keller of aiw is uh like just a king of wrestlemania just a king in general but yeah he was he was having a time this weekend. Like he was really going for it. And then, yeah, by Sunday, which I feel like this really speaks to the spirit of WrestleMania is like, it is so fucking loud. People are cheering, chanting. There's like commentary going on. There's actual WrestleMania audio going on. And dude is just lying down behind his t-shirts, taking a nap because he's just like, I can't anymore. I'm done. On like a solid floor. On concrete. On concrete. (laughs) By the way, I mean, shout out to Queensbury for, letting us put this event on being so cool to us yeah they're awesome if you live in the new york city area or you plan to visit hit up queensbury give them your money and tell them we sent you because we like thank you so much to them yeah anyway they were so nice to us even when we were drunk lighting fireworks directly under their power lines outside their bar literally feet from their door uh as we as we lit fireworks off in memory of the best uh american wrestling match of the last 10 years batista and triple h (laughs) as as stated by a very very drunk Joey Janela, who then uh, went on to hit us with chairs, which we with do our do, permission, with our permission and consent, and I I do want to talk about that a little bit, just because like some of our listeners might be wondering what it feels like uh, to get hit with a chair. Kath, well, how did it feel for you? Okay, so this was my drunk logic about it. <laughs> so, like, he Rachel was gonna hit me with the chair, and then he came out and he was like, "No, let me do it," and I was like, "Oh, uh, okay." <laughs> Um, but this is what I was thinking. I was like, I am very drunk. And I know that when drunk people get in car accidents, they usually aren't injured because they're relaxed. This is terrible logic. I know (laughs) this is the worst drunk logic. So I was like, oh, well I'm drunk. So I'm just going to be chill about it. And I was like completely like nothing flexed, like not bracing at all. And, uh, it honestly, it wasn't that bad. I mean, Look, I'm not going to shoot on Joey Janela and call him an unsafe worker, but uh, he, he got a little bit on my neck and uh, I, I was a little sore the next day, but it wasn't too bad. I feel good now. And I got an amazing video out of it. So, you know, it was worth it. Mine kind of sucked. It was... Um, Rachel took one. So I took one to the back. Rachel took one to the head. I would just like to say that if anybody is listening to the show and listens to this and says, I can take a chair shot, you probably shouldn't. Yeah. You like, should not. We do not advocate taking chair shots. <laughs> this is this is me shooting on my own behavior to yeah. use the terminology of the subject at I hand. Will, I will say this. Like, if you want to do it, get a professional to do it, but make sure they're sober. That would be like ask a professional wrestler to do it when they're not hammered and then have them make the decision of whether they want to do it or not. And if they say no, don't wait till they're drunk and then have them do it. <laughs> <laughs> did you see at the bullet club bo- block party there was a line of people paying initially paying bad luck Fale twenty dollars to chop them and then when his hands hurt he upped it to 50 and the line got longer respect true carney absolutely true respect carney. that see like 
I feel like I would rather take a chair than a chop. Is that weird? Like I would the rather, chair was fine. Now that I've taken a chair, I think I'd rather take a chop. Yeah, I I mean, I guess like I just think of a chop as like, it's like hitting, it, I guess it depends on where it lands. Like I feel like if it hits your sternum, like I just remember when I was a, a lifeguard, um, they would teach you like you press on someone's sternum to make sure that they're like to check and see if they're conscious, if they won't wake up. Um, like if you're about to administer CPR or something like that's how you, if somebody's just in a really deep sleep before you administer CPR, you press on their sternum and make sure cause it's so painful. They'll wake up. And that's just what I imagine like getting a chop, like right to the sternum. Um, I mean like, I don't mean to expose the business again, but, uh, you cup your hand. Yeah, I guess that's true. I guess that's true. You cup your hand. But like, I mean, there are like cheats, but like we really got hit with chairs. Like people kept people kept asking me like, is there like a trick to this? And I was like, I don't think so. I think I just got hit with a chair really hard. No, mine was a trick. Yours was a little bit of a trick as far as like your positioning. Yeah. But like the chair was not a trick. The getting hit with the chair was not a trick. You just had a little bit of guidance of what to do. Oh, I made him. So I actually want to make that clear too, is that he was like, oh, I was like, okay, I'll take one. Everyone else did. Fuck it. And I had like weird like injury FOMO, which I should unpack with a (laughs) professional. Uh, But he was like, do you want to up the ante? I'm going to hit you in the head. And I was like, do I have to? And he was like, yeah. I was like, okay, (laughs) can you tell me what to do? I'm not doing this unless you tell me what to do. And I made him guide me through it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I'm like, I'm joking about like, oh, we were all hammered. It was unsafe or whatever. But like, no, no, he gave us, he shepherded us through the whole process. No, I don't think, (laughs) no, we were hammered and it was unsafe. That's, that's a completely (laughs) fucking valid thing to say. Fair enough. Um, But anyway, we should not just talk about chair shots. Uh, from front of the show Joey Janela we should talk about how good the people were there and like how good our listeners are and we already talked about it on the bonus but like it is I was moved to tears several several times this weekend prior to the chair shots um (laughs) in like how kind everyone is and how much like we have received um so a lot of kindness and a lot of compliments on like you know you guys have created curated something special but like community isn't anything without a community and we have to thank the listeners and like i cried at the end i cried really hard at the end of Mania because you guys are so nice to us and we aren't anything without you and this weekend just proved that like i don't know i guess i am doing something right because you guys uh want to say hi to me and that means a lot to me and i could go on forever but i won't because i will actually start crying again (laughs) yeah i um i i it, it was really, really special. And like, particularly Sunday was really special to me. Cause like, I'm, I'm not always the most comfortable with compliments or with, um, sort of like when people come up to me at shows, sometimes I, I, um, I get a little anxious about it, even though like it is still incredibly appreciated, but like, I'm a, I'm a performer. That's like what I have learned to do. And I think that like, when, I'm given the opportunity to like be in performance mode like I was Sunday and getting to talk to everybody and like have people, you know, congratulate us and, and, um, you know, say such nice things about that event. Like that was, that was like really, really special to me. And it was wonderful to meet people all weekend. And it really is like, I'm glad people like the show. Like I, I'm really proud of the show, but like the thing that is more important than the show is that it seems to be a thing that brings people together in a really special way. Yeah. And, like I'm so glad that our show can be even indirectly like a catalyst to bringing this community together. Yeah. And I'm so, I'm just so honored that people have sort of rallied around this as like a thing of like, Oh, if you like this, then we'll get along and we can, you know, you don't have someone to go to a wrestling show with. I'll go with you. Like that is really, really special to me. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was wonderful. And I feel like because of all of that wonderful, uh, positive energy, uh, I didn't pay a lot of attention to WrestleMania. I had to rewatch it. (laughs) Um, I will say this though. I, you know, you you prep as much as you can for an event like this, but since you're doing a thing based around a live event, um, what I told myself, I was like, I have done everything in my power to make this good. If yeah. this show sucks today, it's because WrestleMania sucked. And I have to say, WrestleMania did not suck. Um, I think the first half of WrestleMania was good. Uh, the high was really high. Yes. I think without, you know, spoiler alert, the Kofi win, 
it would not have been it would not have felt as beautiful do you think do you think it was a better wrestlemania than last year yes you do yes interesting Um, i I don't know if i do i I think i'm like i think there were less i don't know i like as far as the wrestling goes i think it was a little less compelling but i don't know i guess i did like the tag matches and i liked the Kofi match a lot I guess I just couldn't really get into anything after Kofi like even the the main event was like good like I, I was I was interested in it but then like it it, did, it wasn't paced right and apparently maybe there was a botch or something yeah that's still like a back and forth on like whether or not that was a botch but I mean I will say this is that like last year's Wrestlemania was like you know it m- remained pretty consistent throughout as opposed to like this had a lot of highs mm. There were a lot of peaks. There were more peaks and valleys on this, but like the highs were so high that it was just like, oh, this is really good. So there was nothing on 34 that moved me to tears. What besides Kofi would you say are like the highs? I'm going to put it out there and this is kind of a hot take. The uh, Lesnar Rollins match was really good. I rewatched it. Today. Really? Okay. It was good. It was good. Um, I get Seth now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I do. I do think like Seth was pretty good in this i didn't i didn't like this match i i guess like maybe it's not like it's bad like they're both really good wrestlers i think i just had higher expectations because like i felt like brock has had some really good matches this year and like this one did not rise to the level of his like his match with daniel bryan or his match with finn balor like i thought both of those were better yeah the Balor match is really good so i was just kind of like eh but I do think, and LB pointed this out, it's extremely funny that it was first because the only thing you could think is like Brock Lesnar wanted to go home. <laughs> That's exactly what I said. That was the first note is that I the I have the ultimate, ultimate respect to Brock Lesnar for saying I'm not renting my car for an extra yeah. six fucking hours. Yeah. Absolutely not. And like, it was really funny. It's a, it's a, it's a funny bit. Sorry. It's a good bit. It's a good bit. The tag <laughs> matches were excellent i did really really like the tag matches in the in the main show i um, kind of completely forgot about some of the other matches and i think that's chalked up to like we were running an event it was we eight were in a hours bar. long it was eight hours long <laughs> you know i actually i do have to like not really drinking the entire weekend and then only having a couple beers at the bar here is probably what has kept me alive yeah because <laughs> otherwise be dead. i did not do that <laughs> <laughs> i mean we just like we operate differently and i know that if i i know that if i had like not drank heavily, obviously, but if I had drank consistently the entire weekend, I would have been miserable by Sunday. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'd rather have a good time. Oh, the next match was uh, AJ Styles versus Randy Orton, which is, again, you completely forgot that it happened. Yeah, and it was, like, not for anything. Like, I don't understand, like, why it was on this show that was already so long, except that, like, Randy Orton and AJ Styles are supposed to have matches on WrestleMania because they're them. Yeah. Like, or it's like either in their contract that I like, I better be on the DVD. Right. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. It was like, I couldn't get into it. Didn't care. Um, the biggest takeaway I have from this match is that AJ Styles and I have the same haircut, which I really don't like about <laughs> myself. Let's move on. <laughs> so up next was the men's tag match. Um, yeah. And I have to say, uh, you know, we've talked about a couple MVPs of the weekend. Me, um, Bryce Ramsberg, uh, Ricochet and Alistair Black wrestled on NXT. They wrestled at Access. They wrestled at WrestleMania. They wrestled at Raw. They wrestled at SmackDown. Yeah. What the fuck? They did Access too, huh? They I did Access. That. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. That's fucking crazy. That's a that's a long weekend. Um, I really like them as a tag team. I think they're like really funny. They <laughs> really work. And like I. This is going to sound like I think they have major weaknesses. They don't. They, the minor weaknesses, the minor weakness that one has, the other one makes up for. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't think anybody who likes Ricochet is going to be super shy about the fact that he's not a great promo. Alistair is an excellent promo. Hmm. Like, you know, they they really complete each other really nicely. Interesting. I don't think I I don't think I've ever really like thought about an Alistair Black promo. I just like them in the ring, and and I like their. I like their sort of uh, physical juxtaposition. Like yes. that, they, that they don't, not only do they not physically look alike, but they are like different genres of dude. Like, yeah, there's that genres amazing- of dude is really good. Phrase. <laughs> I like that. There's like that amazing tweet where it's like a picture of Ricochet, like smiling into the camera. And then Alistair is brooding behind him. And it's like, Hey guys, welcome back to my channel today. We're making over my goth boyfriend. <laughs> 
like that's the vibe I get from them. I don't know. I really, I really like them. Um, but I liked, I liked everybody in this match, and I like tag wrestling, and uh, I thought it was really fun. I liked this, it. This um, did you see the uh, Dustin tweet that was like, ha ha ha, our shitty backyard logo is on WrestleMania. It was really cute, even though it wasn't cute for Dustin. Uh, <laughs> congrats, congrats to Dustin. Congrats to like, congrats to Ricochet. You just had a fucking crazy year, dude. Yeah. Didn't yeah, he have? Yeah. Didn't wasn't his like. NXT like debut during it was during a takeover that was less than a year and a half ago maybe less than a year and a half yeah he wrestled in that awesome ladder match last year at takeover so he was already it may have been the takeover during the rumble then yeah it might have been yeah um but yeah uh this was really fun holy fuck dude this was great uh we need to talk about the minute long Cesaro swing oh yeah (laughs) just the highlight of my life every time he does it I love it also like I, it was really um it was really nice to be around like surrounded by a, a, an audience watching this but specifically like an audience who for the most part like kind of know who we are and know our sense of humor so that like everyone there is just like going nuts for the Cesaro swing for like a really long time I yell- like dumb shit like that during, it, it was great during the segment I yelled out because Cesaro and Ricochet were uh against each other in the ring and I screamed out like Chikara boys on it which Aww. was fun um <laughs> and then I we got a couple nods from our little indie section um but yeah, the uh, other te- the other tag team on this was uh, Rusev and Nakamura yep. with an incredible, sexy Mrs. Claus looking Lana. Yep, yeah. I, <laughs> I loved her bob. Um, yeah. She filled the bingo square for new hair. Um, God bless Lana. Yeah, I this I just thought this match was good. This match was really good. And then the Usos. Yeah, who win this match? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, this was great. The, this is our swing was so fucking good. They have that really silly corner thing where they all tried to bring, bring Ricochet down and he rolled right. out of it. They did the like the cheerleader pyramid uh, where they all sort of climbed up and then all did a backdrop together, which is like one of the dumbest things in wrestling, but also very funny. It's insanely fucking dumb. <laughs> and I actually really appreciated that this sort of showed how dumb it is because the only person who wasn't injured was the guy they were trying to target. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. commentary was like, how did he roll out of yeah. that? And it's like pretty easily. He had like five minutes to compa- prepare for it in wrestling time. <laughs> um, <laughs> But, you know, the story of this match on the rewatch is basically that, like, all of the other tag teams are insanely threatened by Alistair and Ricochet. And Mm. so they're all kind of uniting in tag team, tag tag teams against them because they're such a force. So that's going to be cool. And that's really cool that they're going to get such a good push. But yeah, the Usos won. That was dope. We love the Usos. Yeah, I think I think they're awesome. We should do an episode on the Usos soon. They're like probably, mm, I mean... I think wrestling wise, they're like my favorite uh, men's tag team in WWE. Really, I, I really, really like them. I would think Cesaro, Sheamus, or like the New Day, or like what is it about them that does it for you? Um, I, I just like I like their energy in promos, and I like I think that their style of wrestling sort of goes with their characters. Okay, and like not everybody necessarily has that. I don't know. They just they're sort of like traditional almost like their moves aren't super super flashy but they do a little bit of the high flying stuff they do you know they're like assholes that punch and kick you and yeah and stuff but uh yeah and they just have like a really fun like energy about them i like their entrance music i like their outfits they're really hot like <laughs> I, I don't know they're like they're just up there for me i, re- I really really like in them. Miz terms one of them has a really hot wife yep yep, yep very true god bless naomi who should have next year should not be on the opening yeah. rumble. Rachel was very upset about Naomi being in the in the women's rumble. I'm justice for Asuka, justice for Naomi. Oh my god, yeah. No, we didn't get to talk about him, but I'm just gonna say right now, the women's rumble, it was it was fun seeing who we liked. Uh the men's cruiserweight opening match was great. Cool. Up next was the uh battle of someone whose dad likes him versus uh Shane McMahon. <laughs> yeah. Um this was like we talked about this a little bit as uh, when we did our pre-show as like, this is dumb wrestling bullshit that we actually are are kind of into or like enjoy as opposed to like wrestling bullshit that we're like annoyed by. You know what I mean? Yep. And I feel like the match totally delivered on like dumb wrestling bullshit. That is fun. (laughs) They tried to do the cork and hall spot. I feel very proud that I sort of called it. What Cork and Hall spot? They try because remember I joked around that they were gonna do that. Shane McMahon was gonna do the Kota Ibushi moonsault off oh, the balcony. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And they did like the 
the equivalent of that. Uh, and it I is, thought you meant Mrs. Dad coming in was somehow a quirk at all. Spot. No, Mrs. Dad coming in made it like the Lion King or like, some that, shit. I just was like so psyched when Mrs. Dad came in. So it was so great. What was so funny about that is on the rewatch is that they were like, Miz is doing this because Shane McMahon scared his father. And like, go take a look at the Mrs. Dad's haircut. Do you think men with the Mrs. Dad's haircut are terrified by sweaty dudes from Connecticut? Yeah. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> that dude, that dude could fuck him up. Like he, I, I, yeah, I, somebody <laughs> tweeted and it like killed me. It was a picture of the Mrs. Dad with his like putting his dukes up and it was like, uh, when Rand Paul is mowing his lawn too close to your property line, <laughs> he looks like a dude who would who would fuck up Rand Paul in a yard dispute. So you're saying he's a face? Yeah, he's totally a face. He's absolutely a face. Uh, Mrs. Dad sell, sold pretty well. Yeah, he did great. Um, um, yeah, and then it ended with like a dumb uh, fall off of a giant thing. So I didn't realize this until after the fast. The fact, do you know who won that match? Uh, Shane won. I didn't realize it yeah. until afterward. I was like, oh, he <laughs> fell. It's over, I guess. Finally. Uh, just really speaks to the whole idea in wrestling of like every finisher hurts the person that does it just as much as it hurts the person you're doing it to. So like who even knows? Uh, the other really funny thing about this is on commentary. They were like, why is this match happening? Mrs. Dad didn't even like his son until two months ago, which I think <laughs> is really funny commentary. That's really hurtful. <laughs> Um, up next after this was the women's tag match. Yeah, and uh, I really like this one too. Uh, I was super psyched. I'm a big Beth Phoenix fan. I just think she's really cool. She's and I, beautiful. She's gorgeous, and I think she's someone who like her career ended kind of before there was a place for women like her in the company to like actually do shit in matches. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And uh, and she's not that old. She's like in her mid thirties. Like when she was at the Rumble last year, I was like, she should come back. She like definitely still has some, you know, she has some some fight left in her. I think she could do really well. Like I would love to see her versus Nia Jax. And then like we got that. And uh, she I pairs just, really well with with Natalia. Too. Yeah, and I, they used to be a tag team. From yeah, I remember so. I just thought that was really cool. I was happy to see her. Um, and then I love that uh, the Iconics won. I just think that rules. I yeah. love them. They're oh, Iconic. S- they're so annoying. It's so good. Uh, you should, you and anybody else listening to this, if you haven't watched it yet, go seek out the video that WWE tweeted of the Iconics getting their plates put on their tag belts and just like <laughs> making everybody compliment them. They uh, they bullied Drake Maverick into comp- complimenting them, Hell which yeah. is really funny. I, I just think they are so great. And like, we've talked about this before, but it's like, it's total representation as an annoying woman to have them there. <laughs> like... As an annoying woman with big titties, I feel, I see myself in them. I really feel represented. And also as like an annoying woman who like loves to bully men. Like (laughs) I, I feel very represented. Uh, And yeah, and Sasha and Bailey were on this too. I always love seeing them. Yeah, yeah. The joy of Bailey for me now, because I went to evolution is whenever I see Bailey make an entrance is knowing that if there's only one little girl in the crowd, she is more than likely losing her fucking yeah. mind. She's like peeing her pants. I love that. Yeah. Because this is for children. Right. <laughs> that important to remember for children. This is for children. <laughs> especially, especially WWE. It's yeah. Like, this is for kids. <laughs> yeah. But I love the Iconics. I can't wait to do a full episode on them, which if we do, when we do, we're going to have to like keep a minimum on how many like Australian impression accents we do. <laughs> oh, iconic. So good. Yeah. So good. So yeah, I think kind of ending this streak of like really enjoyable matches. We have uh Kofi Kingston versus Daniel Bryan, which is like this, the main event being women and it being Becky uh, is like, you know, th- that's putting butts in seats. But I feel like a lot of people, this was the story that we were kind of most excited for. And, uh, and it was awesome. And not only, obviously the finish was super exciting and everybody was like hugging and cheering and crying, but the match was great. The match was really, really good. The match was so good. And I was afraid to say that the match was good, but I actually 
went to the performers that we had there and were like, that match was really fucking good, right? And they were like, it was incredible. Yeah. That was so good. <laughs> so like that's that's the mark of how good it was is that people who are kind of jaded to these things and see mistakes that we could never see were like, that was incredible. That was really, really That good. makes yeah. me want to keep making art. Yeah. You know? um, I, I, re- I cried when I rewatched it today. Yeah, I'm going to have to rewatch it because it really, it was really special watching it with a bunch of people. Um, We were all like totally on the edge of our seats. And I think um, we've talked about this a little bit um, on our bonus episode about this weekend and and sort of we've, we've touched on it before on episodes, but like this idea of like how wrestling is supposed to be watched, right? Like a lot of times people who are like pretty serious fans of it, invested fans, don't really watch it the way I think it was traditionally intended to be watched. Like where it's sort of traditionally intended to be watched as like you go with your buddies and you drink some beer and you like yell and you have a good time, but you maybe don't have your undivided attention on it the entire time. We talked about this in the WrestleMania preview episode a little bit, but like there are some matches that warrant that kind of watching where you're like, you, you, the goal of wrestling is that you are supposed to get people wrapped up in it to that point. Like it's maybe not the like way it's sort of traditionally was expected to be viewed, but like as people elevated as an art form, like that is more what they're going for. And like this match totally brought that, like it brought like that sort of ego death that we talk about sometimes where like you forget where you are, you forget what you're doing and you just get so wrapped up in what's happening in front of you. And I, I can't imagine uh, how much that feeling would have been amplified if I were there live. Cause even just watching it in the bar with a bunch of people was like really special. I think that like the people we were with also made it special too. Like totally, yeah. everyone got on their feet. Um, When I woke up on Monday, I really, I was like, wow, the sides of my mouth really hurt. <laughs> I split the corners of my mouth screaming at the finish. <laughs> I don't, because like we all kind of like left our bodies, right? Like I screamed so hard that the thing happens where all the oxygen loses your brain and you have to like hold really still for all of it to come back. <laughs> it was beautiful yeah um like all things wwe it ended beautifully and then with a merch push (laughs) yeah there was a new t-shirt i mean it was like yeah it's i'm not criticizing that because it was really funny but and and like i was feeling this during even during that moment i mean it's always like a little bit undermined by the fact that it's like what we talked about on the Kofi episode where it's wwe commodifying their own descent and like acting like this is such a triumph and it it's like on the one hand it is a triumph but on the other hand the reason it's able to be framed as a triumph is because this is a racist company yeah and like those t-shirts they made those t-shirts like they get money from all of this and and so they get to pat themselves on the back and then like so there's that yeah like unveiling the t-shirt and stuff but at the same time you have that but then you also have like Xavier Woods actually crying and like Kofi's children in the ring yeah and those dudes all like that is a sincere genuine emotion and you know wrestling is fake but when it can bring out emotions like that in people like that's really special and it was really amazing to watch the way Big E kept cradling Kofi's head it was like so really got to me and like yeah I, it got to me and also I was like I want Big E to do that to me more than anything in the world <laughs> <laughs> I also want you to repeat what you said on mic about Big E uh during our live show what did I say Oh, you said that Big E uh, having his tits out at Kofi's match is like wearing white to your friend's wedding. <laughs> I forgot I said that. <laughs> Man, that's good. Drunk, <laughs> drunk me is funny. <laughs> it was uh, also for the listeners. I tried to signal to her by like jiggling my tits and she was like, what are you doing? <laughs> they just it was beautiful. And I also I, you know, I don't want to be like, you know, all credit to the white guy because I'm not saying that. But like credit to Daniel Bryan. Absolutely. For also being not breaking kayfabe on being a shithead once and giving us a really good villain yeah yeah i mean i think that him his heel run has been like really impressive to me um it's just he's clearly like one of the greats you know what i mean yeah and and i think that like uh, people people who like daniel bryan would easily have been able to make that argument before his most recent heel run but i think showing the fact that he is able to be that versatile and to get like, I think after WrestleMania 30 or whatever, like, 
I feel like there were a lot of people who were probably like, oh, you could never get a whole crowd to boo Daniel Bryan. Like, that's not going to happen. But look and at how talented made... Daniel Bryan exactly, is. Exactly, exactly. And uh, and the, the match they put together was wonderful. So yeah, it was this, wonder- this to me was really the highlight. Um, I... I like I liked the I liked the tag matches. I Shane Miz was like dumb but fun and then this was awesome and then I would have been perfectly happy if the show ended here. <laughs> or like they had done the Becky match sure. right after. Sure. But no, but also after that this. Is, also that is, I need to say, colored by the fact that this was probably the point in the show where I started just being full on drunk. So <laughs> there is that as well. Okay. No, but at the same time, uh, right after this, uh, they, I don't know, we, everyone kind of just like had to like go outside and like smoke or get some air or whatever. Yeah. They followed this up with a sketch with Colin Jost and Michael Che where <sighs> Kevin Nash makes a joke about ma- giving them a rectal exam. I don't <laughs> I, know if you caught that. I totally missed this. It's fucking weird, dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like it completely was like, what? Like it just, oh my God. Yeah, no, it's a. Uh, Alexa Bliss has them like icing themselves and oh, they're right, yelling they at each were other in the, in the rumble. And then they turn around and it's Kevin Nash and another clearly old ass wrestler whose name I don't know. And some, uh, some supermarket is going to be like, you, you're wrong for not knowing that. So I apologize in advance. But anyway, Kevin Nash makes a rectal exam joke. And then, uh, Smojo and Rey Mysterio ha- have like a two minute match. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, I was, I gotta say, I was disappointed by this because this was the match I was sort of most looking forward to um, because I, like, I love both of them and, like, Samoa Joe is sort of quickly becoming, like, my favorite WWE guy. Um, So I was, like, I was disappointed they didn't get, like, a real match, but it's also, like, the show is so long you need squashes and, like, if you're trying to establish Samoa Joe as, like, a big, mean heel, like, yeah, have him kill Rey Mysterio. Like, it makes sense. No, but, like, have Roman kill Drew McIntyre. That would also have been fine. Or, like... Both? Or just don't put AJ versus Randy Orton on the show. Yeah, and, like, like <laughs> any of these... We have so many solutions for, the, like, this card. Like, But, like, I, I don't hate it if it's, like, if it's setting up a feud and, like, maybe they have more matches or something. Like, that's fine. Like, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, like, this kind of gave me, I guess, you know, I wanted more out of this for my own personal enjoyment, but it hit the bullet points of, I got to hear Ray's entrance theme. Yeah. I got to hear Joe's entrance theme. Ray hit the 619. Yeah. The match ended. Yeah. So like it's fine. It's yeah. You have to you have to have some stuff like this on Mania. I just like I wouldn't have picked it to be this to be short. Yes, but. exactly. Um uh and then I forgot that uh Drew and Roman happened and I also forgot to write about it in yeah. my notes. It was like I said this like that night to somebody where I was like I it's so crazy to think about number 1 like I said Brock Lesnar having the opening match on the card and then number 2 Roman Reigns in like somewhat of a cool down match. Like that's crazy to think about a year ago that that's where that's what WrestleMania this year would be. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, I think that like Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre are good wrestlers, but I can't remember anything about this match because of the emotional hangover of Kofi. Yeah. And like, yeah, if you put this somewhere else on the card, maybe I would have loved it. But like, I, I don't care. This show is too long. <laughs> yeah. And like, also, I have to say, if like the angle of this match is that Drew McIntyre came back and said, fuck you, you had cancer. <laughs> I like that. I think that's no, good. No, 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 no. I'm not saying I'm not saying there's something wrong with that. I'm saying if that if you're going to do that and have that be the story, if Roman should squash him, that's such a good fuck you, I'm back. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't think there's like a foregone ending to it. I, I think you can draw it out a little further. You can make yeah. it eventually like a, a more hard-earned triumph, you know? Yeah, I mean, I guess if they're going with literally how hard chemotherapy is, but <laughs> I don't think they're going for that metaphor. I don't know. I Yeah, but then uh, Elias shows up. <laughs> Dude, okay. This was the part of the show where I was like, I am hammered okay because it was insane this the the part of this show this part of the show is like when joey when great sasuke fought a trash can it was that fucking weird yeah. i was that fucking tired 
What the fuck? It was great. There were like a bunch of Eliases, right? And they were playing drums and piano. And it was I like, wasn't. Elias is multi talented. Look at him. I wasn't paying full attention. So Nate really owned me on mic because I was like, wait, who's the other guy? Because I couldn't see that well. And he was like, it's Elias. Oh, right. Yeah. You were like, who's playing drums? And I was like, it's Elias. It's Elias. He's on all of them. And then. Drum roll, please. Okay, yeah. So I take it back when I said I wish the show would have ended after Kofi. I'm I'm glad that John Cena went back in time. <laughs> <laughs> it's so strange. This is what this is what I said on Mike. My hypothesis was that they were like John Cena refused to cut his weird middle aged man hair, and they were like the only thing we can do is put him back in the white rapper outfit because it'll cover his weird hair. And that's I what also, we had to do. The weird part of this is that like sort of john cena is babe ruth but he's rapping that was insane it was nuts there was like a long babe ruth centric old-timey baseball promo which like i don't know if that was a misdirect to somebody else because like from john cena white rapper john cena has uh very little if anything to do with babe ruth right i just want to say that it's really weird that they put him in a babe ruth yankees jersey because he was at metlife stadium where the yankees do not play do not play (laughs) and rachel you very uh astutely pointed out on mike it is sponsored by snickers don't bring up another candy bar thank you (laughs) it was so weird he's a brand it was so strange um, but I loved it because it was John Cena committing to the dumbest bit of all time, which is like when John Cena is the best is when he is fully taking seriously a stupid bit. And, uh, you know, it was, it was, uh, it was a good time. I thought, I wonder if Elias is ever going to be, do anything at WrestleMania other than immediately getting his ass kicked. <laughs> I would kind of like to see it. Cause I feel like, no, you know what I want? I want the Elias, Eric Bugenhagen feud. Oh, man, that might be too silly. That might be too silly even for me. I don't know. Too much silly. You need something to anchor that. But I also want Elias to tag with Weird Al. That's true. That would also be very good. That would would be so good. (laughs) It would be so good. Um, And then after this, we have the, oh, my God, this needs to fucking end match of the night. It was so long. Oh, my God. It was, I think, the longest match. It was. Okay, so you know how quickly when you're watching the network, not on your phone because the app is a nightmare, when you're watching the network um, like on whatever streaming thing you use, you hit the four times forward and you're like past three matches already? Yeah. I hit that four times and I was still not through this match. Yeah. Holy shit, what so the we're, fuck? We're talking, of course, about uh, Batista versus Triple H, which I will say like... I think it could have been a great 10 minutes. Yeah. Like, I think it could have been kind of good. Like I liked, I genuinely liked when he, uh, when Triple H pulled out Batista's nose ring. I thought that was like really funny. Yeah. And uh, it was also good because I was uh, right before that happened. Janela was on commentary and I was asking him like, do you, do you wrestle with your nose ring? And he was like, of course. And I was like, someone's going to rip it out. And then it got ripped out. And I was like, see, (laughs) Um, I also like the weird, okay, I don't think Hunter is daddy, but like the weird <laughs> horny daddy thing he did with the, like the, 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 the thing he used to rip out the nose the ring, pliers? the pliers right before he did it. He gives like this weird, like horny eyebrow and then rips it out. Yeah. It was really weird. And there then- was a lot of like, like, uh, I don't know exactly, I guess like the kind of gay porn where it's like extremely about like taking masculinity to like these proto-fascist extremes like that kind of gay snm porn yeah there was like a lot of that stuff in it there was like chains uh i mean triple h just like his whole iron cross thing is like very ss-esque like very nazi-esque everyone you show Triple H to making an entrance who doesn't watch wrestling is like is that a Nazi yeah that guy's a Nazi right I mean this time he was like a Mad Max guy which is like I think an a less controversial way to do that kind of proto proto military yeah look um but those but, are the bad guys in Mad Max yeah that's true <laughs> I also just thought it was like really funny like <laughs> LV, LV called it uh, that he had a Darby Allen on the front of his car. Oh, yeah. I <laughs> would also like the, the NXT, the NXT indie recruits who had to be like Triple H's fucking blood bags. <laughs> so I looked this up. 
Uh, this match actually did the most charity to the indies because they were all create a pro students. Yeah. Yeah. We, again, we, we asked Joey like, Hey, how many of these guys were in the clusterfuck last night? Yeah. <laughs> all of them. Yeah. It was a, a bunch of, a bunch of indie dudes. Like people, yeah. The, the wrestlers are kept being like, Oh, I saw this guy. Oh, I saw this guy. Oh, look, it's that guy. It was, it was cute. It was really funny. Um, the other really weird thing that happened during this is right after Triple H pulled out Batista's nose ring, he has it in his hands. And then the way maybe I like just was seeing things, but like the way he did it, it looked like he ate. He didn't eat the nose ring, <laughs> but he swallows and moved his mouth like he was chewing Batista's nose ring, which is like what the fuck is going on? He does like he does like the cool guy gum chew a lot. Which yeah, is he like did a that. Weird, a weird wrestler move that I don't understand. Like you chewing, should... chewing invisible gum. Yeah, no, but he did that right after he got the nose ding- ring, and it was like, are you eating his like nose cartilage? <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, also, then Ric Flair came out. Like this match was so long that Ric Flair managed to like hobble to the ring. Yeah, I mean this is based around because Batista attacked Ric Flair to get hunter's attention right um but the other thing about this is that what we missed is that Shawn michaels was on commentary for it right Shawn michaels is so bad at commentary that he's really good at commentary really yeah oh my god um like he the match starts and sean just goes ah they're already getting physical like yeah sean thank you uh, <laughs> really helping the story along Shawn michaels thank you uh, he's pretty calm in every aspect of his life, but he loves his friends. Thank you, Sean. <laughs> um, but the other really funny thing about this is, um, I think it was Corey Graves uh, was like, oh, you know, it's not just he's at WrestleMania. He wears a, ro- a lot of roles. He's done a lot of things. He had meetings this week, which is like, oh, no, he went to meetings. Who but are also, you bragging to, Who man? are you bragging to, man? It also made me think of Will Weldon's excellent I Have Meetings in L.A. Right. bit. Um, One of the best bits. Uh, <laughs> old Man Weldon on Twitter used to just search Twitter for the words meetings and L.A. and then retweet everyone bragging about how they had meetings in L.A. <laughs> he still does it. It's really good. It's the best. Anyway, this match ends like nine hours later. Yeah. I don't even remember who won. I guess Triple H won, right? Triple H won because yeah. it was for his in-ring career. Right. Yeah. And like, I think, I don't think he's doing, I think there are a lot of criticisms to be made about how Triple H runs NXT. I'm not saying he does a perfect job. He does a better job than I would do. So obviously he has some, he has talent and he has creativity, but he has no sense of like checking his ego mm. in that old, like, who wanted this match? Yeah. I, I think that's what it is, is like he, he, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't fucking know about like booking wrestling and stuff like that. But like, it seems like he has um, a a pretty like smart view of it when applied to other people, but a blind spot when it comes to himself, which like many creative people have. He's, he's the Jax Taylor of booking. (laughs) Yeah. You don't get that because you don't watch Vanderpump, but it's very apt. (laughs) Okay. Uh, What was next on the card? Cause I stopped taking Uh, notes after this. I think it was the main event. I think there was just the main event left. It was a Finn Balor. Right, Finn Balor, Bobby Lashley. Um, I have nothing to say about this. Finn Balor, when he's the demon, is cool. Um, But it's better when the demon is a surprise, in my opinion. Mm. See, people always get mad of like, why is he the demon sometimes? Like, why isn't he just the demon? This is my theory on the demon, which makes it being a surprise better. In my, like, my kayfabe brain is... Finn Balor can't control when he's the demon. And yeah. sometimes the demon just comes out. So you shouldn't announce ahead of time that he's going to be the demon. Exactly. And that also can help you in booking because then it's like Finn Balor wanted to be the demon to fight Brock Lesnar, but he couldn't be because he doesn't control it. Like, that's what you should be. I think Finn won. Yeah, Finn won. Finn won. I liked seeing Leo Rush. Leo Rush makes me laugh. I like Leo Rush. I Leo Rush is a good wrestler, too. Like, Leo Rush, his like manager tracksuit looks exactly like a New Japan tracksuit without s- sleeves, and it's really funny. <laughs> so then there was the main event, um, which was the other thing that people were stoked for. Uh, obviously, first lady main event of WrestleMania, which is very cool. Um, and it for once, like it didn't seem like a shoehorned in thing like it was like this was the main event because it was genuinely the hottest feud of the last six months in wwe yeah i think i also think that i'm glad it was the main event it was it was great i think that if wrestlemania had been two weeks later kofi bryant would have been the main event 
Yeah, and I I think like this main event would have been better if it were like two or three weeks earlier. Like it yep. just went on for so long. They just got stuck in muddled storylines and it's yeah. not their fault that like the spark hit when it hit and they had to stretch it out. Right. Exactly. Cause it was supposed to be survivor series, which was months ago. So yeah, like it, it, it's not really anybody's fault except Ronda Rousey's for breaking her hand. Cause they were going to do more and then she broke her hand and then it, the finish was the finish from what I understand. Um, is her hand officially broken? I think so. There's I mean, like, maybe it was kayfabe. I don't know. There's like, I don't know. We read a bunch of rumors. Basically like, okay, Becky won. Cool. But like, there's questions of whether or not the finish was supposed to be that Charlotte ate the pin and Ronda Rousey may have broken her hand. I'm not, we're not sure. You know, my understanding of it was that she broke her hand and the match got cut short, but I haven't really looked into it. I, I think I heard that and then just decided that was true because that's how it felt. Like yeah. the match just didn't feel like it had the like the crescendo that you would expect for uh, like the, the main finish event. of a main event. Um, yeah. I mean, and like it's cool. I don't like certainly winning with a roll up is like a fun surprise, but it just didn't feel like with all of the story that went into this, it didn't feel like a satisfying ending to that story to have it end with a roll up. Yeah. And I kind of feel for Becky in that regard because she has, you know, really proven her stock and she's been so, so good throughout this whole thing. And they had that really funny cop thing that happened a couple weeks ago where they all got arrested. And yeah, Charlotte did, the, Charlotte did the bird walk. <laughs> that was great. Like that. I would, them getting arrested was like more exciting than this main event. Like, yeah. So yeah, she probably fucked her shit up, but like, if she did that, I, I, I don't want to alienate this audience by saying I kind of feel bad for her. Um, no, I mean it's uh, it sucks to get injured, and it sucks to get injured on such a big stage. Yeah, like that's that's a bummer, um, and it deprived us of more entertainment, possibly. Mm-hmm. And granted, like yeah, this might all be a, a total work, but uh, if it if it is a work, I don't know why. <laughs> like I don't understand. Yeah, why there's it would no be. logic for why it would be a work. But uh, it might be to cover something else. I mean, and again, like I wasn't at this point in the show. I was very drunk, so I was not watching super closely. <laughs> yeah. Also, Joan Jett was there. We forgot about. Oh that. yeah, Joan Jett was there. Um, which would have been like way more exciting if it was for anyone besides Rhonda. Um, <laughs> also, shout out to uh, the Splania Mania audience who chanted "fuck turfs" during Rhonda's entrance. That was very. We fun. love you guys so much. That, that ruled. That made us really happy um and i think it made a lot of people watching with us feel really good so that was awesome yes um yeah so that's mania that was mania and then yeah the main event ended and then 20 minutes later we were shooting fireworks and getting hit with chairs yeah um and then you know we cried saying goodbye to people because yeah we got a we got a Russell Splania chant. We did. I sobbed. We got a Russell Splania chant and hugged and cried and it was really good. Um, but yeah, and then we thought the weekend would be over, and then I decided to make a joke of like might try to get raw tickets tonight, and then Latoya was like, "Do you want them?" Yeah. So then Rachel went to Raw and SmackDown, which. Uh, you know, we're pretty much at the end of the episode, but if you want to give us a little rundown of what that experience was like, I mean, I, th- I didn't watch it. People can watch on TV and stuff, but like, what was the vibe of those? They were both at Barclays, right? Yeah. The vibe at Ross sucked. Really? I was, so I, the reason I was definitely planning no matter what to watch Raw, even if I didn't buy tickets to it, uh, was because I've, I've never watched a Raw after Mania before. This show is ostensibly about me being exposed to new things. So yeah. I wanted to watch a Raw After Mania. And then I yeah, was like, last year, I remember the Raw After Mania was on and we were in a bar eating fried alligator. <laughs> and we saw, because we were in New Orleans still, and we saw um, Ember Moon. Yeah. And we were like, oh, Ember Moon's on Raw now. Cool. And then we ate fried alligator. And then we don't really see her on Raw. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and, uh, but like, so the crowd really stunk uh but i was told by people who regularly watch oh no that wasn't like as shitty a crowd as it's been i kind of feel cheated which is like wild in like terms of i'm not saying you're wrong it's just like holy shit those crowds must really suck were they bad just because they were quiet or were they chanting dumb stuff chanting dumb shit i know Um, there was like an AEW chant there were AEW. there was a I Which, like, you already paid for your seats to raw. Like, what are you doing? I okay. <laughs> I'm gonna like people who make AEW chants. It's like 
you're all you're doing is admitting you're gonna buy money to pay money to two things right that's what it's like they already have your money for this event like what why are you what you're chanting because of your dissatisfaction but like you are the ones who spent the money i don't know it's yeah no it was it's really annoying and it's also just kind of like people started like a give them healthcare chant and it's like I can't get too mad at that. I can't get too mad at that, but it was done by the same Smarks who were chanting AEW and CM Punk. Right, right, right. It's not. It's not because they're. It's not because they're impassioned socialists. Right. They don't have. They don't have <laughs> conviction about giving them health care. They just want to be disruptive. Exactly. Exactly. Um. Uh. They set some cool shit up. Uh. Kofi challenged Seth because he was like, Becky has two belts. I'd like two belts. Yeah. So they're, and, it seems like they're getting rid of the, the brand split. Yeah. Of. He challenged him for it. And then they were, they did a match at the end and Cesaro and Sheamus did a run in, which everyone in the Barclays was mad at, but I was completely hyped on because I love looking at Cesaro. Sorry. I, I'm anytime I get to look at Cesaro, I'm happy. They're really <laughs> fun heels. And yeah. then Cesaro, uh, I love how many just like, things there are in their entrance like there's just like so many like they have to do this pose and then they do this pose and then there's like this accessory and then there's like this like it's so funny to me just like the Seamus Cesaro entrance that has like nine million components to it it's really funny <laughs> it's really funny um and then uh Cesaro, uh, to me, became the ultimate uh, babyface, and everyone else was a heel because he ran into the audience and destroyed every beach ball he could get his hands on. Oh yeah, he has so that like I remember he did that a few years ago, and people were really like mad at him. No, so good. I'm glad that he's like he's just taken it upon himself to be that guy now. Because like fuck your beach ball. No, the beach ball shit is so annoying. <laughs> um. I'm trying to remember everything. Uh, Lacey Evans has stopped being... We, we completely skipped over Lacey Evans showing up at Mania and doing her weird bullshit again, but whatever. Yeah. Um, it finally like kind of paid off though, right? She punched Becky. she punched Becky. And they're going to do the lady versus the man, which I think is fucking stupid <laughs> and is an insult to Becky. Sorry, I think it is. Because um, if you want to give... Lacey Evans and the doofy Lacey Evans character a push I'm not gonna get into like who Lacey Evans is as a person which we're pretty sure is a bag of shit um but like the character if you want to push that character and you want to like get her over with audiences something that goofy you put her in a feud with Carmella you have a class versus trash feud and it's (laughs) really funny and that's how you do that I don't know I don't know if I agree I like I think a class versus trash feud would be fu- would be funny, but like, I think when you have like a really stupid character, it's sometimes better to put them with someone who isn't a comedy character, so you have like some kind of grounding. I guess, and also like Lacey Evans' whole shtick is so annoying that like <laughs> it's fu- it's it's gonna be satisfying when yeah, Becky rocks like her. you want you want to root for Becky against mm-hmm. her and it's like they, it's a very different like vibe I don't know I I don't necessarily have a problem with that I mostly just don't from what I've seen I haven't been very impressed with Lacey Evans as a wrestler so like that's kind of also what I mean is that like I don't if it were somebody coming from NXT who were like who was like you know oh shit like if Shayna Baszler went yeah. after Becky we would be losing our minds. Yeah, that'd be cool. Like, uh, yeah, I'm not like excited for Lacey Evans versus Becky. Like, that's for sure. But, uh, but I don't know. I like, I don't, I don't hate it on principle. I, but it, yeah, I'm not like amazed. I mean, it's not going to be what's going to make me turn into turn onto Raw or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. But Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder defend had a title defense and they won against the revival. Sweet. Very sweet. very happy for them. I started a Hawkins hive chant. Thank you. I did as well. <laughs> uh, and then Kurt Angle uh, beat up Baron Corbin, which was nice. Cool. I don't think we talked about Kurt we Angle. We didn't talk about Kurt Angle and Baron Corbin because, again, like too many matches. Too many matches. But that is like that really does speak to like uh, a problem where you have Kurt Angle's retirement match. who's like one of the best of all time mm-hmm. in the Hall of Fame, like somebody we should do an episode on. We're going to. And like. And we just completely forgot to talk about his match because it was like so nothing like because Baron Corbin is boring. And like, why would 
why is he why is he the person retiring uh kurt angle the saddest part of his retirement was when he was like i've hated hearing them but when i want to hear them one more time give me a you suck oh i know it was really sad and his kids were crying uh but anyway he beat up uh baron corbin on raw and then lars sullivan showed up yep i heard about that whatever i won't get into everything just because like all I'm going to say is like, it's boring or whatever. And like, we don't want to be that show. Um, uh, Dean Ambrose's final match didn't happen. How come? Uh, because there was a DQ because he, Bobby Lashley made a comment about like, I'll take care of your wife. And Dean got mad. Mm. And then they put him through a table and that was it. Uh, which is like, wow, WWE is mad at Dean. I guess. Yeah. yeah it really sucked. Uh, and then... Actually, one of the great parts of the night for me, Sami Zayn came back. Yay! Sami Zayn came back! And he had a fight with Finn Balor, and it was really good. I and, bet. And then Sami turned heel and told the audience, fuck you, and yeah. it was great. That, that's like, I saw that promo, and I was like very stoked on it. Yeah, uh, I thought yeah. That was really, I thought that was really funny. And I think, like again, doing that promo the night after Mania is like the perfect time to do it exactly. when people are at their most annoying. Yeah, it's very, it's very funny. Yeah, no, I loved seeing. I feel very privileged that I got to, that I got to see Sammy come back. Um, and also it was a good match. And then uh, the Undertaker came out. Yep. Uh, and like you know, we saw the Undertaker at Mania on like that huge arena and everything. But seeing that entrance in the Barclays was like really interesting because it's a smaller venue. It's still a great entrance, and the entrance is longer than the match because. He is old and they should let him sit down. Yeah. Basically. I also, you know, I have mixed feelings on like knowing his shit politics. And like, I, I get it. I get it. Like, you, you kind of have to let go of it if they're that much fun and like if they carry that much weight. And if you're a lifelong wrestling fan, then like, of course, The Undertaker is like The Undertaker. But like, let that man sit down. Yeah. I mean, I don't think anybody's like clamoring for The Undertaker to come back in 2019. Yeah. That's not not what we need. Personally, I'm not. I would love if Elias could win over him at some point, but I know that'll never happen for obvious reasons. It was over and then Dean came out and gave a very sincere, probably drunk seven minute goodbye speech. And it was very sweet. I recorded all of it and I'm going to miss Dean. I'm going to what? I'm going to miss Dean. Yeah. Dean's been a lot of fun. I mean, maybe he'll go on to the indies. We might get to see him. I mean... He might go to AEW. He might. I feel like he's going to take a year to just, like, be at home. I feel like I would be surprised if he, like, wrestled again in the near future. I feel like he seems like a dude who would just take his money and go. But who knows? I, I mean, know. they might put him in the Daniel Bryan role, but he seems to be pretty done with the company, from yeah. what I can tell. Uh, but anyway, that was Raw After Mania, and then the crowd outside sucked, and then I went and got a sandwich. But then I went good. to SmackDown. Mm-hmm. And you had really good seats. And I had really good seats. I also had really good seats for Raw, too. But I had even better seats for SmackDown. The SmackDown crowd was pretty fun. I had a great... Because well, I think everyone is so loopy and so tired at that point. Mm. And SmackDown is a better show. Sure. Um, That, like... It's also... SmackDown is a better show. And SmackDown also has, I think, just, like, the goofier characters. So it's easier to be looser and fun with it. Hmm. Um, but SmackDown started off with a New Day celebration of Kofi's win. Yeah, which, like, my main takeaway from Raw and SmackDown this week is that Big E can do a full split, and uh, I'm going to be thinking about that a lot. It blew my mind. I'm gonna, I've, it's, it's on my mind, like, all the time. No, I can't stop thinking about it. They came out for the celebration, and I screamed, I love your tits, and he winked at me. Congratulations. It was a lot. <laughs> it was a lot. Uh, he did a full split. Uh, the bar came out and yelled at them. They're setting up a nice f- feud with those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, Lars Sullivan showed up again at some point. Some other shit happened. Uh, God, I'm trying to remember SmackDown off the top of my head. All I remember is that I had fun. Yeah. Um, That's what's important. I we can You can uh, watch a recap YouTube if you want to know yeah. specific matches. Um, Becky was fun. Uh, and then I, they were, then the 205 Live taping happened. Yeah. And I fucking loved it. Right? 205 Live. It's good. We yeah. Should, we should watch 205 it. Live and Marks. Watch <laughs> and read. Um, it was, it was, they, it was a rematch of uh, the Mania one of Buddy Murphy and Tony Nese. Yeah. It was a banger. Yeah. It was a fucking banger. A guy was in front of me who I sat near during Raw last night who like went to his like high school best friends with Tony Nese and he was marking the fuck Aww. out. Dan, if you hear this, you made it better. <laughs> you were so much fun to be 
right behind watching you lose your mind for your friend. You enjoy wrestling in the way that I feel people should. You really went for it. It was wonderful. <laughs> Thank you for making my experience better. Um, and then also a big highlight of 205 Live, which I am uh, already told Kath about, which is that in the first match, uh, Drew Gulak got so mad at somebody for going off the top rope that he took his shirt off and spanked them. That's really, I, I'm not that envious that you got to go to Raw and SmackDown just because I was so tired, but like, I was really bummed I missed that. I was like really, really bummed. It was good. Yeah. It was really good. <laughs> it kicked ass. Yeah. Uh, and Gentleman Jack Gallagher is really good live. Yeah. He's really good. And then Kevin and Sammy had a dark match. Sweet. I got to see Kevin and Sammy back in the ring for the first time in nine months. Yeah. Um, And then Kevin kicked Sammy's shitty little ass and it was great i loved it but yeah that was my experience my voice is gone yeah i'm I'm, the nine wrestling shows it'll do that to you i'm really proud of me yeah i'm very proud of you mvp (laughs) for sure (laughs) um bryce can eat it love you bryce (laughs) bryce bryce i think did 12 so he still has you beat but (laughs) god damn it but I'll yeah. get him next year. Uh, so this has been our, our Mania recap uh, show part two. Uh, part one is a bonus with our co-producer LB Hunk Tears. So if you are a patron, you will get access to that. Uh, Patreon.com slash WrestleSplania is where all of that stuff is. We have a wonderful Discord full of uh, wonderful listeners. So we talked about it at the beginning of the episode. Our listeners are the best. And... Uh, that discord is a really wonderful community in which to talk about wrestling. So you get access to that with the Patreon, check it out. Um, we also have a few shirts left. We so have those shirts left. Coming. We have bandanas. We have last year's pins. We're going to figure out a way to sell those. Yeah. If you want them. So keep an eye out for that. Um, thank you to everybody who bought our shirts, by the way. Um, if you want more of me, I have two other podcasts, what a time to be alive and lie, cheat and steal. And I'm Kath Barbadoro on Twitter. I have a tour uh, coming up at the beginning of May through Ooh. New England. So if you live in Maine, Vermont, New Hampshire, or Massachusetts, keep an eye on my Twitter. And that is all I have to plug. Uh, normally, this has been the point where I plug the live show, but we had the live show. But So I'd like to say one more time that it was such a lovely experience uh meeting producer LB in person for the first time yeah we'd never met them before which I, is like kind of crazy yeah and we all got along so well so that's what I have to plug in terms of relevant to this show and relevant to me if you uh care about uh voting rights and Pennsylvania uh gerrymander- gerrymandering reform I uh, made a movie about that with my dad you can stream it at lineinthestreet.com and if you want to follow me on twitter my twitter is Rachel Millman and if you want to follow this account on twitter uh for this podcast it's Russell Splania and we love you and we'll talk to you next week bye bye